You're listening to a Rock Candy podcast. You are now entering Magnified Studios. Welcome. Coming to you from Magnified Studios, Magnified Pod presents It's Hard to Find a Podcast. Covering your favorite indie bands from the 90s Christian alternative scene. Put your tape decks on record. I am Andrew. I'm John. And this is our podcast. Woo. Woo. We are very close to wrapping up our boy Pedro the Lion. Sad. Our boy Davey B. Mm -hmm. It is sad, but. It's it, it's weird that it feel we feel I feel like we've been doing Pedro for a little bit of uh, time, mm-hmm. um, but we only started like I think at the beginning of April. Yeah, well, so, there's been a lot to discuss. There's been a lot to discuss. Lots lots going on. Mm-hmm. Um, so speaking of lots going on, John, the the weather is changing. Mm-hmm. Yes, trees are blossoming. Uh, flowers are blooming. Mm-hmm. Uh, the weather is fucking out of control. <laughs> uh, I don't know what what it's been like in the Chicago land area, but we've had some wild storms here. Yeah, we didn't get the storms that you guys did, at least by us. Um, yeah, yeah. There was. Uh, I was at. Amy without you show yeah. last week. And while I was in the show was when there was this absolutely wild storm going on outside, just wow. torrential rain and lightning, just straight lightning just for, for just ever. And there, if you look at lightning strike maps, you can find lightning strike maps and, and look at certain dates and the, area of like there's just like this stretch of minnesota where it's just peppered mm. with lightning strikes it's out of control oh. yeah um there's a giant tree by my mom's house that uh, got knocked down and did not oof. hit the house but uh big old tree gun like i gotta figure out what to do with it <laughs> yikes uh is everyone okay yes there is was that the no... one is that the tree was that the tree that like had like the, like the chain it? around it yes, oh, the chain yes. Around it? <laughs> that one finally bit the dust so Woof. if you need some kindling you head out to my mom's <laughs> um and so I, I i i sort of mentioned this to you a little bit briefly off pod that i had a video mm. and i wanted to because this just happened today we had another weather event so mm. to speak and i was sitting at my dining room table eating an apple making a grocery list and I started hearing this familiar ping, ping, ping sound outside. Uh-uh. My dude, it was some hail. Uh-uh. And I took this video. Whoa. Just wait. Those look like golf balls. Jesus. Yikes. Oh my gosh. There are hundreds of them. It is coming down like rain. Wow. Jesus 
Christ. <laughs> wow. That's wild stuff, man. God. It wow. just keeps going, getting harder and harder. Yeah, it looks like a rainstorm of golf balls. Wow. That's nuts. Yeah. It And it, it lasted for just a solid three minutes. And I moved, like, it, wow. it just in the first, like, a minute and a half, it is, yeah. like, blanketing. Yeah, it looks like snow. Um, and then I moved to my front porch to get a better. Jeez. Wow. Man. If you, if just looking at it, it looks like the ground is covered in snow. Yeah, that's wild. And. <laughs> so is it still there? Those cars. Yeah, right. Jeez. No, it's pretty much mostly gone at this point. Wow. Uh, but yeah, it, it was so unsettling because it just came out of nowhere and just right. went so hard for three minutes. Man. And then it turned to rain. And then in like the next 15 or 20 minutes, it was sunny again. Yeah. Wild. So my roommate, my roommate Ezekiel, who's been living with me since November, uh, I'm like, man, you've been getting the full spectrum of Midwest <laughs> <Yeah>. weather, <laughs> you Wild know, just stuff. the winters and the thunderstorms and then the hail in yes. the middle of May. You so know? weird, man. So, Probably doesn't bode well for <laughs> our universe. Oh, no, no. Things uh, are great. Things are fine. Yeah, things are good. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, with, I mean, the, the, the wildest thing we've had, I guess, was today was 85 and yesterday was 55 so you know just <laughs> sure. those big swings but that but that's when this this kind of stuff happens right, is right. Those, the mixture of the warm and the cold front you yeah get the tornadoes you get the hail all that right yeah but so Welcome our back world to, uh doppler pod <laughs> our world is going to hell in a handbasket so <laughs> what better time what better reason than to just alcohol alcohol yeah. the the cause Ooh. and the cause and uh pro- solution to solution all of our weather <laughs> events yes that, that i um, fucked it up the cause and solution to all of life's problems was the there uh, you go the simpsons um, quote. speaking of which i open this this bad boy Ooh. up oh, there is, that a, is that a founders do i see founders founders baby it's yeah breakfast michigan out. pickup breakfast out double chocolate coffee oatmeal stout oof that's that sounds, that sounds, like, sounds like a meal 8.3 uh you know, yeah, but yeah, it'll be a little my second dinner here, I guess. Yeah, well, I I started Good a though. little I started a little early because yeah, like You're fancy. Um, no, I it's as I was saying, like the weather's getting warmer and perfect time for a breakfast out. <laughs> perfect. Yeah, I you know, we historically I've I've given you shit for your your inappropriate beer consumption your season your seasonally so inappropriate hot. does anybody have a double chocolate coffee oatmeal stout that would really cool me down so refreshing <laughs> my favorite part of it is how thick and boozy it is uh yes um no like I during warmer weather I love a Sav Blanc that's mm. that's my jam yeah. so I I go through bottles on bottles of, of, <laughs> of this white wine, especially the New Zealand whites. That's my jam. Mm, right. Well, you look great throwing it back. Mm. Um, That's my main concern. 
<laughs> Does this just, beverage make me look cool? <laughs> just looks good in your hand. I don't know if I could pull <laughs> off a, a white wine as well as you. Um, I don't know what that says about me, but I'll take it. <laughs> uh, you look like a piece of shit that should be drinking <laughs> a breakfast out. That's what it says about me. <laughs> We're both having some beverages, having some wine. Mm-hmm. You're having some beer. Uh-huh. I don't know. Maybe maybe we could both have some Palmasan. Ooh. Because we're about to get into the winner's circle. Uh, that, yeah, the winner's circle this week. We are back with the winner's circle after a couple bummer weeks of the loser's lounge. Yes. And I'm talking, I talked about that, that particular brandy because it was a shout out and a, a lyric in a song off the new Kendrick Lamar record, Mr. Mm. Morale and the Big Steppers. Mm-hmm. And it's been a long, long five years without our, without our dude. But yes. you know what? He makes a point to to talk about that in a, in, in yeah. a number of ways that people waiting on him and everything. But right. John, I think suffice it to say, we both love this record. Indeed. Uh, I even texted you and said it's easily my number one album of the year so far, which, uh, you know, we're coming up on halfway through the year. But Mm -hmm. at this point, it's hard for me to imagine too many others topping this record. I just think it's amazing. And it's so dense and rich. And yeah, oh, there's so much like a breakfast out in that way. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Do you think he'd appreciate that? Um, No, but I we had been talking about it coming out and how we were excited for it. Um, and there hadn't really been that much talk about it until like right up until it was coming out. Right. And I was like, well, it comes out at midnight. I'm already up. I'll just listen to the first song. And I was just like, holy shit. When I heard the first song, I was like, I'll listen to the next one. The next one was like, Oh man. And then I just listened to the whole thing. And so I went to bed at like one <laughs> 30 and I was so hyped up and I was just yeah. posting on social media, all these clips from it. But I was just like, it really blew me away. Like, how do you top, his last album won a Pulitzer Prize, which yeah. is like not what most artists can say. And so he did spend a while on it. And I don't know. I I think Damn was totally worthy of a Pulitzer Prize. Uh, amazing album in a lot of ways. But I feel like it's like, it feels like more of a Pulitzer Prize album to me than it'll like throw it on and listen to the whole thing in the way that I think To Pimp a Butterfly is still probably. Oh, T-Pab. Uh, T-Pab is, is uh, like an all-timer. Yeah, a masterpiece. Agreed. Um, so, you know, high expectations. I was like, what is this going to be more of a, like, like an incredible statement in the way that damn was or not that to pimp, not that to pimp butterfly isn't, but like that, I feel like I throw on with more regularity, even good kid, man city. I'll throw in a little more, but like this one was, I wasn't sure what the vibe would be. And it was like, not only do I feel like it's, in that Pulitzer world of like an incredible like text with just like so much to chew on. But musically, I I don't think there's any song, like there are no songs that I would skip when I listen to this. So I've already listened through it many times and there are heavy songs on it. You might skip because of the heaviness of some of it, but literally each song, I feel like it gets more interesting. And I just want to stay to the end and I don't know. I, it, the production is so wild and he's doing so many different things. And just in the first song, there's like four different songs within the song. I know. And he just goes to so many 
different musical places within the realm of hip hop, you know, he's definitely in the sort of artsier world for a lot of this record, but he's still, you know, he's still very much stays within the realm of hip hop and, and R and B and, but he is doing these like incredibly diverse things musically and exploring a lot of this terrain. And then just thematically and lyrically, he's so vulnerable on it. And that's kind of what I texted you when I first listened. It's just like, I can't believe how sort of raw he gets with this. And it's a, it's an album largely about therapy and yeah, (laughs) accepting the need to go to therapy and work on yourself and do the work. And it's very much a like, mid work record uh, and i just really respect that at this stage in his career post all these accolades he's like i'm gonna do a record that like makes me not look good for a fair amount of the time and talks about the work i'm doing and talks just really vulnerably for a person who doesn't necessarily need to do that in a way that just resonates so much for me yeah the blunt honesty the you mean you said vulnerable and raw the this is the opposite of what people tend to think about Mm -hmm. what rappers talk about. This is not him hyping himself up. Right. And I think in a way that's in part to countering the savior complex that has been that he's had because of the way people have talked about him and the way that he's been heralded as like some sort of god or or whatever yes he's clearly a brilliant writer but like there's vulnerability on all of his records this isn't this it's not new but this one there's something so very different yeah you know talking about all of the ways that he has fucked up whether it's infidelity or some of the ignorance that uh, of things Mm -hmm. that he used to believe when he was younger um talking about issues related to his his dad and mm-hmm. issues of masculinity and and yeah. being being able to be emotional and there's there's so much to unpack in mm-hmm. all of this and uh i i love the chiastic form i guess that this album takes people mm-hmm. are talking about how it sort of mirrors itself mm-hmm. like yeah. that you can sort of the I mean because there's two it's this double album essentially and right one side of it is far more uh, far more of a bummer than than side two the side side two is gets feels a little bit more hopeful yeah. um and you know, we talked about like on this podcast a lot that so many dudes just go to therapy. Right. right. <laughs> Please just go to therapy. Yep. Just everybody just needs to work out their shit. And yeah, the how this album opens and closes talking about like I how you know I grieve different is essentially mm. how this Ugh. record yeah. how this record opens. Yeah. And ending with him choosing himself. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. Which is a powerful thing. Like he's like, yeah. look, you know, I I have a lot of stuff going on and you guys also do. You should be more concerned about yourselves and what I'm doing and when my new album is coming out or what, what I've got going on in my life. Right. And it, so it's him advocating for everybody to also have their own 
level of introspection and to work on themselves and be more concerned about their own lives. Yeah. I think I wasn't necessarily uh, expecting to say the sentence, but it pairs pretty nicely with Pedro the lion. Mm. (laughs) Like it feels very much. I I was thinking the same thing. Yeah. We're talking about, there's a lot of childhood references on here and, and, and obviously talking about grief and Mm -hmm. yeah, there's, there are, easily there's some great parallels between this right. record and then the one we're going to talk about today yeah we just talked about how dave described pedro as being grief music and the first yeah. song on the kendrick record is united in grief and as you said i grieve different and i'm just like man when he said that the first time i was just like ooh, like just hit by it where it's like he's talking about his own grief maybe he grieves different from others he grieves different now than he used to he's talking about the grief that we have all experienced in the last couple of years and just it i just was so struck by yeah in the song mirror like you're saying at the end that he goes on this journey um very similar to the one that dave Pizan is describing in these mm-hmm. new couple pedro albums where he's talking about doing the work and going to therapy and getting in touch with that kid who needed love and trying to provide love to his own kids now and um I would just, yeah, the the idea of loving yourself and choosing to love yourself rather than Mm -hmm. continuing the trauma. You know, he talks about how many rappers he knows who put on airs or masks or another theme on the record, like literal masks that we've been wearing during COVID and also the many masks that we all wear, just like how a lot of the sort of posturing comes from a place of trauma. And Mm -hmm. for a lot of black men, especially dealing with, um, all kinds of things that they've experienced that that lend themselves to needing to mask the trauma and how hard yes. that is to sort of um yeah. overcome um i just feel like it's such a powerful uh choice for him to make at this point in, in his career and in his fame to sort of make this album all about again much like pedro like listening to yourself and um listening to your body and and finding worth yep. in yourself and, and projecting that onto others too what a way to end his time at Top Dog, too. Yeah, yeah, going out with this record. What I mean, uh, you, there's, I mean, he's got a lot to be proud of with the with the albums that he's released. Yes, like, holy cow! He's, I mean, look at his the oeuvre of Kendrick Lamar is just, yeah. I mean, say what say what you will about about Damn, but like, some people you know say it's not their favorite. It's not my favorite Kendrick album. Uh, no. I mean, there's, but it's. I don't think it's bad by any by any stretch and i but still even even if damn is his like not his most solid record that's still yeah pretty fucking impressive yes and i'm very curious to see what this next project is that he's he's doing that he's kind of keeping right close to his chest so yeah I, I mean, my expectations were high and they were exceeded. And I feel like you don't get to say that very often, especially about like really big records that so many people are looking forward to. And just, yeah. I don't know, immediately like his actual fiance shows up on the album and says, like, right. tell them the truth. Yes. Which tell I them. Like, yeah. Tell yeah. them. <laughs> the, the like challenge to be like, don't bullshit on this record yes. like really get into it and then halfway through it kind of keeps coming back to this like tap dancing idea we hear tap dancing which is like you're tap dancing around it like you're not getting to it 
And then by the time she gets to the end, oh my gosh, as if I couldn't love this album I know. enough, Beth Gibbons from Portishead shows up, one of my favorite <laughs> bands of all time. And I'm like, oh my God, she's in there. And then his fiance comes in at the end again and says like, you did it. I'm proud of you. You broke a generational curse. Whew. And like his little kid comes in and says, thank you, daddy. Like, boy, I just, I was like crying tears at 1.30 on my couch listening to the, this thing, just like blown away. Um, and I just, yeah, I, I really cannot recommend it more highly so i hope everybody uh, maybe we should briefly mention that there has been some controversy around some of it including the song anti-diaries which i told you about as one of my like first takeaways from it It was just like how powerful i found that song to be which is largely about like his experiences with two members of his family who are trans and how he has sort of come to understand who they are and what was happening in a way that he didn't right. necessarily when he was growing up and right. that there was, you know, I feel like there's a parody of the sort of Macklemore, like, um, you know, how in pop starts, like, I'm not gay, but if I was, <laughs> I would want equal rights. <laughs> like it yeah. could go that route where he's like, look, I was always great. I always liked them, but he right. doesn't do that. He does talk about how important <laughs> these two figures in his life who are trans like meant to him and how it wasn't a big deal to him in the way that it was for others in his life. But he also uses the F word a lot uh, in the song and people have um, criticized that criticized him dead naming um, these family members and others and misgendering. But like, as we were talking about off pod, I think all that is intentional and you can argue about whether or not that's, okay to do if it's intentional but i think the whole point is that that's where he was coming from at the time and where he has come from out of that and it's so much about his relationship to the church and how part of the reason why he left church or didn't find as much meaning there anymore was their rejection of these people in his life and him articulating that like he asked the pastor, like, aren't we supposed to be love like Jesus is and right. love isn't found here. And so now he finds God in nature and in other people. I just think like that just such a, it was a resonant thing for me, given how much we've talked about like church history, especially around rejecting queer people and his yes. articulation of that experience. I just found it to be really powerful. I understand the aspects of it that might be troubling for people, but I think on the whole, it's, it, I found it to be like incredibly powerful. Right. But it's also what I was also saying off pod is that this song isn't meant for people like us. Right. Like it's not meant for people in the LGBTQ community because and I, I understand that it still could be rightfully upsetting, but he's speaking the language of who he was and also talking about it in a way that I think people who might not totally understand might understand. Mm -hmm. And if he was like trying to come off as very enlightened and he, again, like we were talking, he could have written a different song where it made him look like the hero. Right. And that he's this trans advocate and he's always had the right answer about this, but that's not the truth. Tell them, tell them the truth. Yeah, totally. This is the truth. This is not, he's not trying to sugarcoat anything. Just listen to we cry together. If you need to get any more instance of not looking good, this is not, this is not an album where it's like 
building him up himself up to look like a, a hero this is taking away that that cape and that's that savior complex that has been you know that he's been <laughs> struggling with and and yeah. that he's been i mean since to pimp a butterfly the self-hatred that he's been wrestling right, right. With. Yeah. so this is uh, like i think this is such an honest song and if you think this song is like heavy and intense then it's f- followed by um then it's like uh mother i sober which comes up a couple songs later yeah oh my god these songs yeah. this, this this second disc of this record is just so oh my god he's just yeah. not holding back on these songs no and yeah. all that to say like i'm not saying that the f word is an okay word to use I don't. I think most people maybe have seen that this video from some years ago where he invites some people on stage uh, to to sing to rap one of his songs. It's like a, one of them was a white woman, and and she was saying the n word, rapping along with him, saying, and he's like, stopped, and he's like, no, you can't do that, you know, and right. It sort of became this like viral thing that and here's this white woman saying the N word on stage with Kendrick Lamar and he had to like shut it down. But then in this song, he's, I forget who, who the person was Marianne, right. um, who said that, look, you can't, you can't be like, I'm going to say the F word and then get upset when a white woman says the N word, like right. you can't, you're trying to differentiate between which slurs you're using right. and which slurs can be used by who. And, and, and so he's like calling himself out. I, I appreciate that. Yeah. And you can't look at a Kendrick Lamar record uh, void of nuance because there's so right. much nuance on this record. Yeah. I, you know, I don't want to come off like, well, us two white cishet guys, yes. yes. Uh, pushing 40 are not offended by it so you shouldn't be either that's no, not what we're that's saying absolutely i'm just saying that. like there's a there are diverse opinions on it even within the trans community that i've seen and like yeah. um so we're just saying how we feel i think there are a lot of valid ways to feel about it but like i just it's so there's so much to it to this album um yeah so much we haven't even gotten into but this is not a kendrick pod even though I would like next season to be Mr. Morell and the podcasters, um, <laughs> but I, don't I know. know we could probably do better than that. But yeah. uh, I mean, we've probably talked about Kendrick as much as we talked about Batman. And those are like the two things that I found most exciting <laughs> this year. Um, so anyway, great yeah. album. I, I hope people have gotten to listen to it and appreciate it yes. as we do. Um, couple other winners I wanted to mention quick. Yep. Yep. I mentioned uh, previously on the pod that I had some shows coming up. I mm. uh, did, in fact, go see Amel and the Sniffers, the yes. Australian punk female fronted uh, fast ascending band. And they did not disappoint. It was at Logan Square Auditorium, which is like kind of a dumpy place, but is kind of <laughs> perfect for them. And I was glad that it was a pretty small venue. And I could still see them in. And like, yeah, there was just a lot of energy and it was very, very fun. I was one of the definite minority in a mask, which is uh, troubling, but <laughs> so far so good. Um, and then we also went to both see Me Without You, which we, sure uh, did. we will get more into them later this season and talk more about it. But I'll just say it was my first time seeing them. I had fa- fairly high expectations and I, they were met for sure. Like it was like such a special, it's their farewell tour the fans are just so passionate about this band. Yes. And I felt like 
daunted by them that's probably the reason i've never seen them and really like never done the deep dive that i owe to them because it's like it feels so sprawling and there's so much to each song and each album the fans are so into them and i'm just like feel like uh, over my head or something but i i wanted to experience it and it was so fun even if i didn't know all the songs um it was like just a great sounding and very powerful and, and people were so into it and like I looked at the set list of, of the Chicago show versus Minneapolis. And I got to say, I was very pleased that we got Wolf Am I, uh, yeah. which that song just rules so hard. And I was sad I they didn't have it there. Cause that was like a highlight for me. It was like shadow. Am I, Wolf I know am I live. I, like it's just so fun. I know there were, <laughs> anyway. there were a number of songs. I'm like, ah. yeah. uh, I was, I was, I, it was still a good show. Uh, mm-hmm. I, there were a, a handful of songs. I'm like, I wish I yeah. had seen, a couple of those, but I understand switching it up. So not gonna sure, not gonna fault anybody. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, we'll get more into them later, but that was a lot of fun. Yes. Um, I also want to call out that uh, this weekend we have Art of World happening. Yeah, Graveyard Club, baby. Graveyard Club is playing. Uh, also, a couple local bands. I'm really excited to see again that I haven't seen in a while. Gully Boys and Kiss the Tiger. I don't know Gully Boys. Oh man, absolutely! Everybody should check out the Gully Boys. G U L L Y Boys. Um, so everybody, uh, we got a lot of shows coming up. But yeah. John, I want to call out one particular show that you and I are going to be able to see mm. in June yes. together. Hey. My dude, who are we seeing? We're seeing the woman, the myth, the legend, Carly Rae Jepsen. Hell yes, we are. Not who you were expecting us to say, <laughs> listeners. I don't know if I've ever revealed on the pod how much I love her. Have I talked about her? I must have it. We must point. have it. I think we, because what I think was it um, Emotion? Was that one of your top albums of one year? Was that, mm, that, that would have been before we started doing. Was it? um the pod because i think that was like 2015 even um wait maybe i know that i mentioned emotion was before the was before i don't know if uh dedicated was one then i don't know i I think it was one of my like special honorable mentions honorable mentions because because it did not i'll just say dedicated did not live up to the extremely high hopes i had after emotion although i do like a fair amount of dedicated um but i have wanted to see her since 2015 when emotion came out and i never have and she played one show here during the dedicated tour and it was at chicago theater and i was like let's no f that like i don't want to sit in a theater what? chair during carly ray i want to dance around on the floor the chicago theater is the most inappropriate place i can imagine for carly ray show weird and i guess maybe she was trying to do like a little more of like a i don't know grown-up tour for that one or something but i'm like but they're like like party for one you're not going to rock out to that like in a in a stately theater um (laughs) but no so for some reason the shows that she has announced so far for the summer are like mexico and europe and twin cities at the pride parade (laughs) she's headlining the concert that's following the pride parade uh, gay icon carly ray yes yes in the twin cities so it was like you know we're going to that it's going to be one of those shows where i feel like we're not going to be in the the minority. I feel like there are going to be lots of other other dudes there. Yes, she has lots. somehow become like a an icon for middle aged white guys. Well, gay men for sure, but like 
guys who listen to Pedro the Lion too. But it's because Emotion sure. is one of the great pop albums of the 20th, 21st century. So fight me uh, if you disagree, but nobody disagrees, right? It's a wonderful album. Um, so anyway, Carly Ray, you and me coming up. I cannot wait for that. It's going to uh, be so fun. Do some live potting from there for the pod. Get, oh, her, on the pod. Yeah. get, get her on the pod. Carly Ray Podson coming up. Um, Wimotion <laughs> is her middle name. Oh, man. I'm also seeing Haim soon. I'm seeing Phoebe Bridgers. Keep in mind, people, Call Me Maybe was a decade ago, so yeah. let her grow up, okay? Let her grow yeah. up. My kids love that song. Um, well, it's because it's a it's a banger. It is. It's a bop. It's a kid's bop. Um, <laughs> Do you, John, please don't tell me you let your kids listen to kid's bop. <laughs> no, there's no kid's bop in our house. Okay. We do the real thing. I was like, guys, <laughs> Mr. Morale, let's pull it up. We're about to cry. <laughs> Um, you're gonna like yeah, all right uh, uh milo elliot sit down we're gonna listen to cry together <laughs> we cry together <laughs> Oof, uh, no, thank you. um <laughs> there was like a few years ago i was listening to like 104.3 jams here which is like 90s hip-hop and r&b which is you know i'm a sucker yes. for it um and i had on woo-ha i got you all to check and uh my kids were in the car and they were like laughing at me like knowing all the words to the song and then, like a year or more later, uh, Milo was like, "Can we listen to the song that's like ha, I got you all in check." So they know what's up a little bit with the the hip hop. Anyway, um, hey, if people want to listen to some dope uh, hip hop uh, radio situations, they hmm. should check out the current, the message. Yeah, good stuff. I, I mean, how many radio stations have a dedicated hip hop? like old school also throwback uh hip-hop show just that's right i mean come on co-hosted by bass player of high respects uh oh boy another great saint paul band oh, uh, i uh anyway anyway we're we <laughs> we're getting in the weeds here we're getting in the weeds <laughs> let's talk about let's talk about saint paul uh <laughs> early 2000s late 90s early 2000s hip-hop live hey, bands <laughs> they're still around they're still around um they were my first introduction to like a i mean i feel like a lot of people would say the roots but sure i mean like to, live instrumental hip live yeah. instrumental hip-hop like with a drummer with mute like with not just tracks yeah. or anything but like actually so playing cool. them yeah it's it's dope high respects Get on, they're people. great but we're talking pedro the lion that's right uh winners all around here in the segment but should we yeah. take a break and cover this this winner of an album here we should we when we come back we're covering the newest pedro the lion record mm. have a suit i'm avery smith and i'm here to invite you to blessed are the binary breakers a multi-faith podcast of transgender stories whatever your own relationship to gender and spirituality may be you will find yourself enriched by the stories shared by my guests who so far have ranged in religion from christian and pagan to jewish Sikh, atheist and beyond and have hailed from the u.s chile poland australia and more Tune in wherever you get your podcasts or read along with episode transcripts by visiting blessedarethebinarybreakers.com. See you there. Hey, John. Hey. 
Have you heard of Small Step Records? You know, the name is familiar, but, but tell me more. Well, Small Step Records is a faith-based DIY record label with mm-hmm. bands that are melodic punk, pop punk, easycore, emo, and ska. And they have some new albums and new bands releasing records right now on all streaming services. You should check them out. Andrew, not only that, Ooh. they are Magpot's first official sponsor. Oh, really? Starburst got nothing on these guys. All mm. right. These guys are the real deal. <laughs> uh, the tagline is love God, love others, listen to pop punk. You can go to smallstepbrecords.com, check out the cool records and merch and bands they have, and we will be, through their generosity, offering some giveaways in the coming uh, weeks and months uh, on our socials of some of these Small Step Bands records. So keep your eyes peeled for that. Also, John, unlike some record labels, which may have come up over the course of the podcast, the artists on Small Step always keep 100% of the rights and ownership of their music. Yes. So... Any money that goes to Small Step goes directly back into supporting the bands. This is a label with integrity, so you yeah. love to see it. Love to see it. Small Step. Check them out. Smallsteprecords.com. We're back. I'm excited to talk about this. (laughs) We are talking Pedro the Lion, talking Havasu, Mm. talking part two of five. Yes. uh, Following three albums forthcoming. But right. What is something with five parts called? Like a pentatonic or something? (laughs) Yes, it's the, pent- uh, the pentatonics. I think. <laughs> yes. um, I don't know. They they use pentagram. Some fancy, <laughs> pentagram. They use some fancy word for it at that uh, sound opinion typing. He's like, oh, I haven't heard that before. But anyway, yes, uh, part two of the five parts in Dave's places I lived as a kid and uh, loving myself now <laughs> cycle. Um, have a sue. Yeah, he's totally, he's totally, he's totally got this. He's all, he's feeling all better by this record. Yeah, he's good. He's, he's good. Go. He's not, he's not lonely anymore. He's, uh, he's still lonely. Um, <laughs> I know I'm not, I'm not still... making, I'm not making fun. It's just, <laughs> no, man, it just hits, it hits me. Oh, there's, a, there's a lot that hits me in this record. <laughs> yeah. Um, surprise released this year mm. on January 20th. Uh, nobody knew this was coming, but he had it done for like since summer of 2021 but uh apparently the label was like "Eh, we'll make a bit a bigger splash these days if we hold off and kind of can have a little cycle around its release which i think proved successful uh released again on uh, polyvinyl records um and it's been another one that's been very warmly embraced uh Mm. by sort of the indie music worlds uh good reviews all around i'd say like uh, pretty close to Phoenix's, if not quite there. Um, I know it's been pretty high on like the iTunes charts. I, I couldn't find anything about Billboard yet, but maybe that's still to come since we're only a few months into it. But I think both of these records, my understanding is they've been received pretty well by fans uh, and beyond alike. Um, I mean, and even Pitchfork, Pitchfork and yeah. uh, gave Havasu. Uh, around the same score yeah that, that yeah. they gave phoenix 
still think yeah like seven point something still which is like again for them like a 10 um but yeah i i as i said was sort of initially taken aback by phoenix when it came out and i was like not quite what i was expecting and kind of the same for havasu it feels very much of a piece with phoenix although my initial listen through on havasu was like there's a little more for me to grab onto here than there was on phoenix maybe but I don't know. Now that we've really been spending a lot of time with both records, I feel all mixed up again. I don't know. I like them both very much. I do think there are certain things here that work for me a little better, but on the whole, I don't know. I don't know. It'll be really interesting when we get to album ranking. Um, But I am like very impressed with this continued uh musicality that he's employing on these two records that, that feel kind of unlike anything he's done um you know like we said last time he was backed by um a drummer and a, and a guitar player and kind of mm-hmm. wrote a fair amount of the songs with them on the last record this time around it's more um dave again and he does have some folks helping but i don't know if that's a covid thing or if it's just yeah um kind of that it was like a very personal and that's kind of where he came from but i don't know he he does pretty much all the instruments this time around the fold out photo of him in the album is just him in a mask um so i think it was like peak quarantine and he kind of said that he had to shelve it for a bit because of how personal it was um and what was going on in his own personal life and i think right. he kind of needed time to um assess how he really wanted to do it so maybe that's why it ended up being mostly him but there is Sean Lane, who uh, did drums on Phoenix, uh, he's credited with percussion on a few songs. And Eric Walters, who played guitar on Phoenix, doesn't play guitar here, but he does have a songwriting credit. Uh, I think that's because it's a song that is, again, left over from the end of Phoenix is the same sort of Mm, uh, song at the beginning of this record. Um, But Eric Walters is still, he's playing on tour with Dave, so I think they're still collaborating a lot. But um, yeah, he, you know, I've, I've read a fair amount of interviews uh, with Dave about this record. And he has kind of said that songs about murder and suicide were the tools that he had in the past to kind of get to right. what he's trying to get to here, but it was too difficult for him to really dial into his feelings in that way at the time. And so this time around, he really stopped being concerned about cheesiness and just kind of decided to wear his heart on his sleeve. And he said, there are things that are like cheesy in these records, but that he doesn't mind. And I know what he means um there's just not the irony or the sort of detachedness sometimes he just says it straight up yes and i think as with phoenix there are things here that are maybe simple seeming on the surface but are actually deeper than that just say it just say what you're thinking say what you're don't be so concerned about how poetic it sounds and right it's 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 a it's something that i'm trying to a practice that i'm trying lately called automatic writing where mm. you just sit and you write and you write without judgment and you write without editing and you just let things flow and like it doesn't it. doesn't always necessarily mean it's going to be the best thing but it right be the most honest and the most the uh, the best way of communicating something and this album is emotional and yeah sad you know i i i resonate with a lot of these songs because when i think back to because like we we've talked about our our 
early teenage year selves and mm-hmm. 13 year old 13 year old andrew and in, in 1997 uh and what i was going through and what i was discovering myself and i hear some of these songs and i picture some of the things that he's talking about and i immediately jump back to 13 year old me and, and yep. what i was doing in those moments when i was thinking and and feeling and it's it's all some of it is visceral some some of it's embarrassing and this is why we made that connection between this this record and pedro and and kendrick because it's he talks about like oh man i wish i could say something cool i wish i could he doesn't highlight always highlight his best moments i mean he does talk about there's some wins on this record sure yeah but this kind of honesty really it connects to people and especially people in their late thirties and into their forties who are look, who I think naturally start to look back on this time period in their lives and, and the work that he's doing what we, we've talked about in pre, especially last in the, the Phoenix album, this sort of reparenting himself. Right. And that is some emotionally difficult shit. And It was an emotional album for me after the fact, as I continued to process the album after we talked about it, I had a really weepy uh, therapy session talking about some of the songs because I sort of, it stirs stuff up in me. And and I'm sure this, this album, as we talk about it more, will continue to to do the same because this is a, I know it's a new record for everybody, but diving into these Pedro records, it's, a lot of this has been new experiences for me and yeah and kind of where i am in my life looking back on on some stuff and hearing all this, the smiles all the tears <laughs> there, sorry you can't we can never you i john i give you a full pardon anytime you, you want anytime you want to throw out some mxpx uh lyrics even you when get. you're vulnerably <laughs> expressing yourself I have to... even when Wimotion is my middle name <laughs> yes well Wimotion is very much dave's middle name on this record um <laughs> yeah even more than phoenix i sort of imagined that you would resonate with a lot of this i mean a lot of the things that he talks about here feel like things that you've expressed and i know we've talked uh we talked last week about you know the things you've you've talked about about sort of paying attention to your body and listening to yourself but here i feel like he really gets into some of the guilt that like yes. uh, the particular kind of theology he was raised in uh, sort of uh, messed with him and, and how that worked out. Um, so yeah, I just, I, I totally understand why this would be, why these would be emotional records to go through given a lot of what we talked about. And there are some songs where it's like obviously emotional, but there are others why like, I can't even articulate why they really hit me the way that they do other than he just, paints the scene of that particular age in such a specific way that like you said puts me right back into the same situations just like really hits me um it's kind of rude actually (laughs) yeah rude of him to know (laughs) how i felt also as a 12 year old boy getting my feelings crushed um (laughs) but uh yeah he talked a lot about around this record and in the press about like how the approach was really him realizing that he's been masking the pain he's been feeling for his whole life. And 
sort of saying, okay, if I was doing it then, how long have I been doing it? And so these records are an attempt to take off the mask. And, and I think it's, as he said, there's times when it can be sort of like cheesy in that way, but it's not, it's not a cheesiness. That's like, Oh, that was too on the nose. It's like, um, just a vulnerability that we're not always used to sort of hearing, um, right. At least in this sort of rock world. Um, and he planned to have it be sort of sparse, sparse and synthy, but ended up transferring a lot of those parts to electric guitar and just felt right. Um, is what he said. So, um, I like the vibe again. Yeah. Yeah. I think it sounds great. It's a good balance of synthy stuff and guitar. I think that's why I initially thought have Sue's more for me, because even though there are, there, there are those great, um, Vangelis-esque synths on Phoenix, which we should say, you just learned today as we're recording RIP Vangelis. Uh, my dude who I mentioned last week, huge influence. I love his sound. Uh, very sad. Um, but, uh, but yeah, even though there, there were those synthy moments on Phoenix, this one feels a little like they're a little deeper in some of these songs to me. Um, but it is similar sonic terrain. I think it sounds great. I like the vibe again here. Um, as with Phoenix, it was co-produced by Bazan and Andy Park, who also mixed it and plays keys on a few of the songs. It was recorded again at the Crumb in Seattle. It was mastered by Chris Colbert, who's done a lot of Pedro and Bazan records over the years at Number Station. And yeah, I mean, it's more of, as you said, him talking to himself as a young kid who wasn't able to sort of reckon with who he really was or talk about how he was feeling. And it's now connecting to him today, trying to undo that and mm-hmm. parent that kid. And still today, try to talk about how he's feeling and, and reckon with it now. So I am excited to dive in. I have a lot of notes again. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't we get into it? Let's do it. Opening track. Don't want to move. shit man yeah um so i resonate with this song quite a bit um i i moved from kansas to the chicago suburbs yeah when i was a little younger than 12 but yeah it's 
it's a really shitty time to move mm-hmm. when you're starting to form some friendships and then yeah. that gets uprooted and because he goes on to say uh, i desperately don't want to move to lake havasu <laughs> yeah and i mean he was already a lonely kid right and so, to like start over in a new place and go into a new school and everything it's just oh what yeah. a shitty age to do that i hated yeah. it i i t- i think it was the one and only time i don't remember this but my parents my parents recall it i think it was the one and only time i told my parents i hated them oh wow yeah because i was just like so i felt like betrayed <laughs> i felt yeah. like how could you do this to me right yeah yeah, it's tough. I mean, as you said, for kids who are already sensitive, uh, young us, young Dave, <laughs> yeah. that kind of yeah. dramatic life event, I'm sure, stirs up all kinds of things. And so his family is driving from Phoenix to the new home in Lake Havasu here. His dad moved away for, I think, another church call is the idea. Um, but this, he is, again, like, there are these simple metaphors throughout that on the surface are like, hmm, okay. And then there's so much to them. Ultimately it's the beginning of him not expressing how painful it is for him yeah. to move right now. Mm-hmm. He probably should have told his parents he hated them. Um, instead yeah. he kept it inside. And, and I think he sees this as kind of a demarcation of that's when he sort of learned to navigate that way and how, harmful that was ultimately but he sees this storm building outside the window and we get some of the sound of like that building storm coming in at the end of the first verse that's yeah. I think that's really cool um yeah. but yeah the pre-chorus is more rain than the cloud could hold i see you the storm blows into a flood then disappears the thirsty desert drinks it in miles down below the skin endless hidden reservoirs <laughs> so <laughs> again this is like hold it in till your heart turns blue yeah, kind of yeah. stuff totally yeah it's all that kind of stuff probably even yeah. more on this record than the last yeah. in some ways oh, yeah and yeah he is yeah using this this cloud and this desert holding this rain as a you know uh, the, this contained storm is a metaphor for how there was an emotional storm beneath the surface for him but he didn't let it out and he hides things beneath the surface like the sand drinking up the rain and it's just man it's i don't know it's like a again sort of like deceptively powerful idea mm-hmm. um yeah and you know by the time he gets to verse two he's it gets pretty devastating he says bread to believe taught to obey heard the call and moved away i prayed and cried and cried and prayed still pissed off still in pain still keep it hid and grit my teeth like you showed me still hope it's not too late for someone to know me wow <laughs> like yeah you go yeah. from this because you have both of it both of these you have the super poetic beautiful imagery yeah. of the desert <laughs> right. and then he's just like i'm fucking sad and i'm, I'm holding off. it in i'm pissed yeah. off you know yeah, yeah. it's the one of them he's... is like you, the painting this image and then the other one is just like straight visceral right yeah and the fact that he's naming like his family and the culture that he comes from being like taught to obey you know mm-hmm. like hid hid and grit my teeth like you showed me like yeah that is tough and maybe his dad didn't want to move maybe his t- dad didn't sure. want to do this but he's just yeah, like yeah you push it down and you just do right. it right yeah and 
again, the, the, the themes of Phoenix are still very much themes here of still hope it's not too late for someone to know me. I think he's talking about yeah. him as a kid and him now, like he, it's still about the search to, to know himself, whether it's him knowing himself as a kid or today or connecting with other people. But I just find that verse particularly devastating. Yeah. Um, yep. <laughs> musically. Yeah. It begins with the same chords that Phoenix ends with. Um, and at first when I listened, I felt it was a little, seemingly kind of aimless like kind of that meandering style that took me a while to hook into with the first record but i feel like it settles into more of a sort of driving groove with the chorus um although it's still kind of like a swinging rhythm rather than a straight rock sound there's all these cool textures throughout uh big texture boys uh <laughs> the guitar is doing cool stuff i like the bass yep. line a lot the doom, doom, and you know the drums are doing cool stuff i just there's a lot of really interesting instrumentation on this record as there was with phoenix um, and at times when i'm like where is this going it sort of meshes together in a way that maybe i wasn't expecting i'm like oh i'm actually like i'm into what he's doing here it just took me a minute so yeah. i don't know i like it the, the guitar tone also yeah, yeah it's great. Al always still always good but mm -hmm. what i think what differs from this record and from phoenix is that not a lot of big hooky choruses like right. we had on phoenix and i'm right. not that's not a i'm not saying that's demerit or anything that's sure you know just an observation that he's going with maybe right. a little bit more things are a little bit more restrained a little bit more yeah. pulled back or subdued right yeah for sure there's not really there's sort of a yellow bike analog here but in terms of that big hooky sort of hard rocky sound we were talking about that's there's not much of that in the cell no shall we move on to too much let's do it baseline though that baseline talk about btbs <laughs> oh yeah this is there's so many textures there's a lot of textures on this i'm we're, we're I'm a couple so, kids in a textured candy shop i know man i don't I'm, know <laughs> this is another one of those songs where we talked i was talking to you off pod about songs that hit me but yeah aren't necessarily going to be on my yeah top three yeah um too much desperation for a casual conversation <laughs> Uh -huh. way too much information to try and bridge <laughs> the distance at all yeah. i mean that is that is me <laughs> i'm right, right. i'm like 
I meet somebody and I'm just like, okay, so what's up? Are we talking about our trauma yet? Or I'm just, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like I, I'm just, I'm just some kind of an all or nothing yeah, yeah. person. And, and I think for yeah. somebody who wants people to like him, yeah, I just, I can, I can come off maybe as a little, I mean, it comes from a place of, of being earnest and sincere, but like, First, it might be kind of off-putting for people who are just sure. like, okay, dude, yeah. calm down. It's also like, yeah, I can just remember this so well of like, okay, so this girl sees him on the first day of school and she's like, oh, so you're the new kid, huh? What's up with you? You're kind of cute. Like, how do you answer what's up with you? Like, what's your deal? <laughs> like, it's so <laughs> hard unless you're some effortlessly cool junior high kid who's like, oh, you know, here's my deal. And everybody's like, yeah, we love you. Like, <laughs> I feel like most pull your skateboard like, out of your locker and like, right, yeah. start you doing do some kids. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> most people are like, oh, I don't know. Like uh, I moved here from Phoenix and like, you know, I, I like, you know, certain kinds of music and she's probably like, okay. I got <laughs> like, this yellow bike. It's really yeah, cool. It's, it's pretty fun. You know, I wish I had someone to ride it with, <laughs> but like, yeah, I just feel that pain. Like, and that's, you know, that's someone assessing, are you like a charismatic a person who like will be one of the cool kids or are you not and in the first minute she's like no you're not um so i just i feel that in my bones and i don't know the, the song musically it's like one that it grew on me um yeah eventually that chorus really got in my head um and it's another one with sort of a wandering guitar part but rooted in this sort of prodding bass line and drum beat um and i like that mix of sort of you know, reverby wandering guitar notes, but this drum and bass section that are like pretty tight. Like it's a cool combination. Um, yeah. And yeah, the bridge goes to the sort of dreamy musical feel and ends with like this descending melody. Um, but again, like lyrically, it's pretty, pretty rough stuff. <laughs> he says, yeah. How long do I pretend I'm okay before I actually feel okay? Then someone comes along and say, buddy, it don't work that way. Don't let yourself be buried here for always. Um, how'd it go today? Comes a question in the quiet car ride home. Pretty good, I guess. Like you're just, <laughs> you're just burying it. And don't, don't let yourself be buried here for always. It's such a like powerful statement for adult Bazan to make the kid Bazan. And it's just easy to be like, I'll just bury myself in like, I had this sort of really painful day. And when someone asks how yeah. I do it, I'm like, no, oh, pretty good. I still relate to that very much. Asking sensitive people like you and me, <laughs> yeah. how are you is right. uh, how much time do you have? Right. Like it's a loaded question because yeah. I don't know. I don't know how to have, I don't know how to have small talk. Right. I don't know how to be short and be like, Oh yeah, things are great. My life isn't right. a total disaster or anything. You know, <laughs> I didn't yeah. get I didn't just get turned down for yet another job today, which oh, man. I did after oh, waiting, for, waiting for a month and a half for uh, a response. And they're just like, oh, yeah, let's go in another direction. It's like, I don't uh, know. I don't know what, a, you know, just just pretend that everything's OK. Just move along. Yeah, just yeah. record, record the pod. Everything's good. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> definitely uh, feeling great. I understand. Um, I'm sorry, buddy. It sucks. It's 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 uh it's pretty things are pretty good, I guess. Um it's pretty okay. It's pretty okay. It's pretty okay. Yeah, I relate to trying to 
shove things down. And, and especially when you're like 12 years old or 13 right. years old and you don't right. have a handle on your emotions yet yeah, or totally. how you're processing stuff. And then you couple that with like, the church tells you to push things down yeah, like yeah. oh my god what a nightmare yeah yeah it's the it's it's tying together these memories of, ador- of adolescence that everyone has but like connecting those feelings that still sting uh with the trajectory that it, that that moment set him on that really like are the kind of gut punch where it's like again yeah the like don't let yourself be buried here for always like he's still struggling with that and like the moments you know we talked about like these sort of pleading moments on the last record like i want to not be lonely <laughs> like there are moments of that here where he's sort of crying out too and it just feel like i feel the pain of connecting adolescent bazan slash me in these situations and being like, there's a, I can draw a straight line between like that feeling and feelings that I have today and how that's like just a tricky thing. Always a tricky thing to sort of try and overcome. Even if you're like, I'm not 12, I don't need to think about that, (laughs) but it sets you on a trajectory in a certain way. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird because I remember this was 10 years ago at this point, but Mm -hmm. I went to my 10 year high school reunion which was a disaster and i immediately reverted back to high school me and feeling like not cool and feeling like i was and it's like i don't need to i don't i don't know why like it just it you just fall it's so easily fall back into those patterns and right and i think unless you actively try and like you're saying, don't let your, like he says, don't let yourself be buried here for always. It's, it's easier to travel a well-worn road than it is to carve out a new one. Mm, Yes. So, and I'm just so familiar with hating myself and feeling (laughs) shitty. So it's, 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 so I get it. Like, I don't want to be buried there for always. I don't want to always think back on my childhood cringy moments right and feeling uh un unknown you know yeah uh, there are certain songs that get into this more later but another thing that he kind of has referenced a lot with this album coming out is um the tom petty song wildflowers and mm. how he read this biography about petty and how you know, in that song, it's like, I have seen no other who compares with you. You belong, you know, with your love on your arm, you belong somewhere you feel free. And his therapist was like, his Petty's therapist was like, who do you think you wrote that song about? And he's like, I don't know. And he's like, I think you wrote it about yourself. And he like took him in and he's like, yeah, I guess you're right. It's almost this like, Bazan described it as like a scandalous, almost like self-love that you don't feel permission to give yourself (laughs) i'm resonate with you (laughs) i am gonna cry about this next week in therapy (laughs) yeah well because i guess because do you know how much i love that album Mm, it's so good man i I mean that's probably petty's like most vulnerable oh my god i love wildflowers so much i love that record so much 
Uh, but but just... thinking, but thinking about that sort of self-love. Oh my God, mm-hmm. to be able to feel that. What is right. even that? What is, even is that like? Yeah, and so I mean, and and Patty obviously his subconscious wanted to express it and put in a song, but he couldn't necessarily do that explicitly or, or name that that's what he was doing. But the fact that he was doing it in that way and that Bazan recognized that and was like, it's hard to, for someone, for people who feel like they hate themselves often, as you mentioned, it can be hard for us to convince ourselves that it's not like scandalous or like, too much to to love ourselves and say we're worthy of love like it's a hard thing to get yourself to be like that's not uh, weird that's normal we should love ourselves but it's tough to get yourself into that mindset especially if you grew up in an adolescence where you didn't feel like you (laughs) loved yourself a lot so yeah i don't know we're already we're in two songs in and we're already getting into (laughs) what we'll be going over in therapy but i love that little petty anecdote and how it's sort of been a uh, you know, a goal of, of his to achieve that kind of writing. Um, and lots to say about this next one too. Same. I played the clarinet since fourth grade. It's a long time to wait for love. Since Beverly Hills caught the heat is on, I long for the saxophone. My dad's concern was that the ambusher was easy and might make my lips. have to hear a little bit later where this this thing goes yes this is my number two my number two as well Um, yes we need we will need to get to the chorus yeah um but it's this is a the longest song on the record Mm -hmm. it feels very much just like a story i i find myself captivated by the song yes and i can i can imagine this this sort of like maybe there's this one thing that you can that you like envision, like, I feel like I could express myself mm-hmm. on this instrument and then to be like completely deflated and be like, yeah, no, yeah. no, we don't. I'm up, I'm up to my, I'm up to my ears <laughs> and altos and tenors. Right. Yeah. No, it's such a, <clears throat> again, it's a simple idea like the yellow bike. Um, but it was this formative moment that changed his life trajectory. Yeah. And he can trace where he is now back to when he traded in his clarinet for his first drum set. And it's like, again, sort of like the first time I heard it, I was kind of like, it's so it's the first single of the record. And that makes sense to me given where the song goes, 
it's kind of like the yellow bike of this album but the first half as we've heard is very slow and it maybe feels a little meandering but it builds to this great moment where drums and chunky chords finally kick in and the song takes a new shape yeah. um but it's like it, it's a drum set that he got as a kid but what it meant as you're saying was his it was a way for him to express himself that he didn't have before and this became his avenue for emotional expression so this drum set that he got for band is like became a a, a, a very high stakes moment and metaphor because you know eventually says i would already be dead without my first drum set like it just becomes this thing that becomes a life or death stakes moment in his life and i just i I don't i love it captures that really sweet moment we heard there with we were starting to hear with his dad where he his dad advocated for dave to find an instrument he wanted to play in band you know he had his heart set on the saxophone but you know there was a drummer opening and that ended up setting him on this course in his life to becoming a rock musician so anyway maybe we get into some of that sweet sweet chorus i nodded my The chord uh, progression on this chorus is so good. It's really cool. Because yeah. it, it's it's so satisfying after this kind of slow uh-huh. story. Yeah. And you're like, oh hell yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. so good. Yeah. He the way that he when the drums come in, it's a very simple beat, as you might play, you know, as a junior high kid or whatever. But the drums just increase in confidence and do more interesting things as the song continues to build which is just such a great mirror to like how Dave was growing as a person and a, a musician. And, mm-hmm. you know, he has this little part where he's like, he heard some kid who also played drums land a fill into a beat. And then the drums come in with a really cool fill. And you're just like, Oh yeah, this is great. Like, yeah. We, we need to hear that part. <laughs> that's at a three All right. so great <laughs> so cool it's so cool this yeah, is the thing just... that like i feel like we were talking about oh maybe this could be a little cheesy or on sure, those. right but that fucking rules <laughs> it does it really <laughs> does so, if you so cool if you give yourself over to what he's doing it yes. stops being like cheesier on the nose and you're like oh i get it's actually incredibly moving you know like yes yeah. there's more yeah i don't know i just i've said this so many times now about both of these albums but i feel like there's more than what initially meets the eye with a lot of this and the emotion that he explores behind what a drum fill like that means within the context of the song is like hits so hard. It's the slow song charting his sort of personal trajectory. And then we get to like, let's throw in a drum fill here and things are like picking up and he's like, I feel alive. And his voice starts moving up and it's just like, I don't know. You see him, 
you see him coming alive and finding a home that he's kind of been searching for throughout these couple of records. And I just love it. He describes uh, it in the song as playing sports about my feelings, which is like an awesome description of drumming where it's like, it is really physical, but it's this way to express himself again. Yeah. Um, it also it. sort of reminds me about, uh, sort of reminds me about um, that quote, writing about music is like mm. dancing about architecture architecture yeah yeah <laughs> so it's so like true. it's sort of I, I understand that it's this is a little bit of a different kind of like he's saying it's so it is uh, right. physical activity because he says being in my body not in my head right 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 yeah, that totally that's i mean that's that's it that he's getting getting out of his head maybe for the first time and yeah and um but because he says I would already be dead without right. my first drum set. Yep. Yep. It's like, yeah. think about this. This kid is fucking depressed <laughs> right. and lonely and isolated. Yeah. And he, and he's getting out of his head for the first time. Right. Yeah. He's like, I can allow myself to play loud drum fills. Like that unlocks something that I haven't been able to express. And I just love that idea. I love this song. Um, I also find it moving that he's been writing these songs about his dad, the dad yeah. that he actively has a challenging relationship with. Right. And he's writing about that, this song that his, his dad's like co-signing him yep. doing this. And his dad's kind of a hero in this song because right. yeah, totally. like, he's like, what do you want to do? Yeah. Like, you know, they have this sort of unspoken understanding or moment where his dad's like, yeah, let's do this. Yeah. You, I know you don't want to play the clarinet anymore. <laughs> right. Let's find yeah. you something to do. And I think that's amazing. I love that. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I find it. I find it inspiring the way that, as we talked about last time, you know, this guy's a professional musician and that's a level on which they've always been able to connect and like yeah it's such a it's such a professional musician thing to be like i don't want you to play this like a, your embouchure needs to be better like you can't have weak embouchure <laughs> like <laughs> it's just such a funny concern um but that in that moment he's like isn't there anything else and he's like oh the drums and it's like a lot of parents might be like oh the drums i don't know or like you know this guy's a worship pastor might be like ah it's too secular i don't know but the fact that he's just like yeah i'm gonna say yes to this thing that my kid uh needs like he can sense that and it ended up being such a huge thing for dave and dave rules on the drums and so thanks thanks dad i wonder if there was this understanding where like his dad knew we just mm -hmm. moved to this new place yeah, yeah, totally. i told, took my kid away from this place yeah and brought him to a place he didn't want to go. And, and it was like, maybe he was conceding like he, yeah, he definitely needs a win. He needs something yeah, yeah. that he can be excited about. Right. Yeah. Well, he was right. He um, right. We should mention the video briefly, uh, which sure. we have called out on the pod before, but very artfully directed by Cody cloud. Who's worked with Dave for a long time. Um, but it continues the theme of featuring kids in these videos. Um, in this case, it's Hazel. Who's, Dave's friend's kid and she's driving through the desert and arrives at Havasu just like Dave does in the album and she starts seeing these drum sets on the side of the road and when the drum drums come in it cuts to her playing the drums 
across the desert and next to Lake Havasu. It just, it rules. It really captures, there's something really powerful about seeing kids in these videos act out some of these themes of these songs about adolescent and that adolescence in that specific moment. And I don't know, I think it's a really cool visualization of a lot of the sort of energy of the song. So yeah, great song. And great song. Another great song. Another great up. song. Talking about another great song. Space, 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 space. My number one. My number one as well. <laughs> Yay. I'm so uh, glad you like it as much as I do. Uh, <laughs> like pre- months ago, I texted teenage, you. I was like, the song makes me cry. Teenage angst. Teenage angst. Oh it my makes God. me cry. And I can't even. This is one that I was like, I can't even articulate really why it makes me cry. But it's like, you already know I'm a huge sucker for this song. I just love that bass line from second one. Then there's that cool reverby guitar. Oh, it's the guitar so good. Bing, but it's like this whole metaphor of the sequencer, right? So it's like yeah. things keep building. Tambourine comes in with the second verse. Then there's harmonies on the second chorus. The whole song is just building layers as with the sequencer. And I just find it so satisfying. And I love the metaphor of a sequencer for adolescence. It's like the pain and the joys of growing up it just kind of keeps pulling you along the next thing is there without even really helping it or being prepared for it you're just pulled to the next thing and using it in the style of a sequencer with all these different sonic elements that add up just oh i love it so much um and it's just like a perfect little story of junior high romance and the rockiness of it um heartbreak heartbreak yeah much like quietest friend i think like you're saying it really takes me to exactly that time and place in my memories of those experiences in my own life and it just really hits me in that way i don't know it's his sort of simple explaining of that particular moment um in life recalling the thrills of 
early romantic relationships but also just the crushing sadness <laughs> that comes when those often fall apart like immediately just really captures yeah. it for me in a way that <laughs> devastates me yeah and also the line right on time turning me into a teenager will i always be a teenager now right like yeah. <laughs> this dude is like all just became thir- <laughs> just turned 13 he's like oh no is this gonna be forever <laughs> right yeah. already hates it already right. on the struggle bus and even that's another one that i take as like a double meaning where like as an adult he's like why do i still feel like this kid sometimes oh like my god, will i right. always feel this like awkward interaction oh, dude you're right oh my god <laughs> i don't want to be a teenager is what he changes it to later um which again is yeah. like a kid sort of being like uh, i'm not ready for this but also as an adult being like why can't i shake <laughs> this girl who rejected me in junior high like i don't want to yes. make it sound like incelly and weird like i can't shake it but it's just like no i don't I remember I don't... those so strongly Dude. that it's hard that it, to ever have it leave your psyche <laughs> oh no for sure i've i've been listening to these records i've been rethinking i've been thinking about those moments and going back to those moments from my mm-hmm early teen years and how cringy i was and how i it's like man why i just had no chill i was so uncool i was so i was too earnest and sincere and i need to take the the dave bazan school of uh of reparenting and like yeah dude give yourself a break you were (laughs) yes 14 15 years old you're course you were uh horny and confused and (laughs) and 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 in full of shame and and frustrated and sad like just like every every emotion coming at you at once when you're when you're this age yep and the next song gets into this even further but the idea that like you're looking i mean he talked about this on phoenix too he's like he wants to share his life someone with someone he wants to share who he is with another person he's looking for these connections yeah but he should be not should be but like he's denying the connection to himself and maybe that's part of why he's putting so much into these other potential connections like he is looking to make these uh these relationships something maybe more weighty than they actually are in real life which is another thing that i remember very clearly all throughout junior high and high school where i take these relationships like so seriously and like maybe some of the girls i was dating like all right just you know relax a little (laughs) and like yeah but that makes sense if you're like if you're not allowing yourself to know yourself then of course you're going to like look for it elsewhere and maybe it's too much for other people but yeah even to the end of the song there's there's sort of a hopeful wistful revisiting of the whole is thing it, is it hopeful? well it's not hopeful <laughs> well i mean basically so this girl she rejects him after he thought they had something as happened so often and you know she's basically like hey i'm sorry bill was wrong uh which by the way what's going with bill bill gets called out here um yeah what, i wish what, i <laughs> bill, what's, probably, your, what's your deal probably the guy she was with or maybe some guy said something about day that wasn't true or something but basically she's like i wish i would have you know played out our relationship longer and the fact that she says it 
at the end of school and was at the end of the school year and was like I was watching you all year just also feels perfectly <laughs> crushing and like a junior high experience where you're like well wait yeah. that was you thought that the whole time and just telling me this now it's like this weird yeah maybe hopeful's not it's certainly wistful but just like oh what could have been and it ends kind of really quietly again after all that build up but just it just captures yeah. that time so effectively all the different feelings like you said um, yeah I love and, this one and the fact that he can recall this in his <laughs> mid 40s yes you know some 30 years later right it just makes you think like i hope you're okay bro you know yeah. like just re- re- it, looking back on your life and, and thinking of those moments and and the ones that stick with you i i understand they like they get so deeply embedded and Mm-hmm. I hope I can lose those those <laughs> like you know yeah. like uh there's this uh Lucy Dacus song mm, I'm called, listening <laughs> called Night Shift yeah there is and you know she says in 5 years I hope these songs feel like covers right and yeah. you know I I I think about that line often and I wonder like if that's something that Dave might resonate with that. Like maybe there'll be a point where these sorts of memories maybe don't feel not necessarily like the covers, but maybe don't have that same level of impact and, yeah. and pain that. Right. Cause he talks about his, some of the stuff he feels like his whole body's cringing and, right, right. you know, and I'm like, Oh God, I, yeah. you already feel so awkward as a teen, but then yeah. to like, feel like somebody's laughing at you right, or something right. that you don't know why or yeah yeah girl just, rejects you and you're like wait was i i thought we there's something and you don't, right. don't don't understand i remember this like exact thing though i mean it must be a common thing obviously which is why he taps into it and people resonate with it but this very scenario of like a girl who i really liked like the night before school calling me be like you want to go out and i'm like oh yeah finally and i get to school and i'm like so excited no dude <laughs> and then he sees no. all just like no it's a, like we're not doing this <laughs> like, oh. oh that was a quick turnaround like you go to to school so excited she's like yeah i don't know there must have been a misunderstanding i don't really want to go out and you're like oh yeah me neither oh <laughs> <laughs> well, see <Yeah>. you later <laughs> so oh i get it God. i get it Marin Froming, if you're listening, <laughs> you Fuck were not you. very nice to me. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. What's what's her deal? <laughs> I couldn't tell you, but I have told you plenty of cringy things I've done on my end, such as breaking up with my Jewish girlfriend after the Billy Graham crusade. Yep. Because I felt convicted, but not actually having the nerve to say it. So I like put the phone up next to like a DC talk album for a while. What an asshole. Anyway, all kids. are. I don't, (laughs) I don't remember that detail. You don't remember that. I was like, I I wanted to break up with her. I remember you went to a movie with her. Wasn't there something? We definitely went to movies. I'm trying to remember. Okay. Sorry. We, we, I, I remember the Billy Graham thing. Yeah, for some reason, because like Dave says, it was like obedient. I'm like, I don't know. This guy says he should be equally yoked uh, as Jewish chick. I don't know. So like, but instead of having the nerve to actually break up with her, I was like, if I act like an asshole, she'll break up with me. 
and that's kind of what happened but she was like articulating it as it went along like yeah you're really being a jerk so i guess i'll end this uh and then years later i wrote her a letter and we started hanging out as kind of friends again i guess it was better but <laughs> she was just like not impressed with you or the like sort of christianity you represented in that moment and i'm like yeah that sucks anyway yeah. just to say it wasn't just me getting heartbroken i was doing stupid things too so anyway <laughs> yeah um I don't remember, maybe I've told this on the pod that I was like in love with this girl my sophomore year of high school mm -hmm. and she like wanted to be friends with me and probably rightfully thought of us just as friends, but like right. I was obsessed with her <laughs> and in a way that was like not okay. Yeah. <laughs> and like there's, I, I'm pretty sure I've told this story on the pod before, but you know, maybe new people listening to this this season, but I remember this time she like like as her friend she's like wanted to introduce her boy her new boyfriend Oof. to me in the hall and I just You're sort like of a jerk to him right or something I just like smirked didn't say anything and walked away <laughs> and she was like later she's like what the hell like what was that and like and that dude must have thought I was like a complete asshole <laughs> this like, clown i'll see you when you come to your senses <laughs> that was exactly the vibe i gave and i'm just yeah. like oh usually my doesn't work <laughs> oh my god what the, what an asshole i was yeah. Un completely unbearable and and also like i wrote a song for her and <laughs> and sang it to her over the phone oh, while man. she was still dating somebody <laughs> oh, yep just yep how she respond to that song? <laughs> oh, we're married to this day. No, of course it didn't go well. Oh, cool. I gotta go. See you <laughs> later. See you later. Then, like, I made her like a cake for her birthday when, like, oh, like man. brought it to. I was just like, like, talk about like trying too hard. I know. Like, I know, man. not taking no for an answer, and just like, oh god, I was unbearable. And like, yeah. I still think about this to this day, and I'm like, I was the worst to her and have i ever reached out to her since then absolutely not because like it's you know i just like i just want her to never have to think about me or see yeah see me ever again. <laughs> remember listening to an interview where where they asked dave about the quietest friend kid yeah and they were like have you reached out to him at all and he's like i don't think he needs that <laughs> he's like i'm not sure that that's he's like it, it was more helpful i think to me and potentially to him to write the song about it rather than just like reach out to this kid after decades and be like sorry i did that thing so anyway yeah right moving on from cringiness the longing for self-love i guess yes. we'll, we'll call this song yes. own valentine found a new companion but i couldn't read the sign Carnations and chocolate For my first real valentine Making her feel awful For her plan to break it off I knew I could shield her From hard feelings If I could abandon Master a note in history 
is my number three okay it's uh it's not in my top three but i do appreciate it a lot i thought we might have the rare same top three but i'll settle for one or two being the same the the three spot on this record to me is kind of a is yeah. a little bit more flexible but i agree with that i think i i identified this song with the song specifically because the desire to love and be loved is especially at that age for me was so strong yeah obviously telling of that the super embarrassing story i just told but i i just want i just want to love and be loved and but at the same time i need to also learn how to love myself and how Mm. to accept and love myself and that and he says because something heavy won't wouldn't let me be my own valentine he like needed desperately uh to have somebody um yeah that he could say like oh this is my person this is my date or whatever he said while the one who loves me waits withering inside quieter than ever now unseen languishing while i chase anyone who even looks at me just brutal (laughs) (laughs) yeah Un- unable to love himself and just like trying to find that outward acceptance from other people and yeah there's another song that kind of strikes a similar a similar tone to this one but i really love the simplicity of yeah. the song musically and mm-hmm. melodically it feels it feels like a song of yesteryear like, yes like a like a 1950s 1940s 1950s sort of ditty sure it's yeah. it almost to the extent that like that opening musically sort of throws me where it's like that acoustic sound and melody almost reminds me of something like like the opening chords of an adult contemporary song you'd hear on like light fm or something where i'm like what is this but is this, again it, it sort of like gives me john mayer vibes yes exactly and i don't like those vibes <laughs> so i'm a little bit like what is this? But then, like that baseline comes in, I settle into the groove of it more. Others be good to your daughters. <laughs> you can't help not liking me. <laughs> Expertly erasing how badly shook I was. I can see. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> um, but again, like it starts doing some interesting stuff. Then, like that descending melody thing at the end of the yeah. verse. I think is really cool. These echoey synths start coming in on the bridge Mm -hmm. and then the melody starts ascending. And it's just like, Oh, there's, there's interesting stuff happening here. He's just sort of like setting it up with that context. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I imagined that this one would resonate with you given that I think (laughs) a lot of this lines up with what you've shared on the pod about, again, the difficulty of loving and accepting yourself after not doing so, but the importance of trying to do it now, 
like yeah it's just it's lyrically it's just a real gut punch i mean it he, is he breaks he gives, up with he breaks up with her before she has the chance to right, break it off he knows it's coming yeah so he gives chocolates and flowers to this girl and he you know he thinks there's or they're kind of dating or whatever but she rejected them passed her note that says you can't help not liking me uh which is just so sad <laughs> and like again he says expertly erasing how badly shook i was just uh i remember i remember these brutal situations at this age but yeah. the second verse is where it really hits you know he gives his flowers and his candy to a friend and she appreciates it but as painful and relatable as it is that he basically concludes like i needed to love myself in that moment and stop chasing it other places and that's why right. I, I imbued it with such weight is like but i love that he's able to identify now that he was who he really was looking for and he can give that attention to himself now there is something moving about that um you know being your own valentine in a way that's like again like the wildflowers thing like you're you're worthy of giving yourself <laughs> flowers and candy and attention and that's like yeah an important thing to learn and so hard for like a kid to learn and an adult to learn right yeah it's totally <laughs> making the most of it <laughs> another gut punch song yeah if i thought i could wake up i would but i don't Or take a peek beneath the skin I could But what good would it do? There's too much under there And I'm trying song let me know what i can quit making the most of it is so <laughs> sad yeah it's so sad call me let me know when i can actually be happy let me know <laughs> right. when i could just like not settle settle for where i'm living settle for my relationships settle yep. for yep. all it just that sucks it's such a shitty feeling yeah yeah it's yeah like you said it's just another emotional gut punch it feels like this one is another one that again could be equally about himself today or himself as a kid. Yeah. Um, you know, again, this is someone who understands depression. <laughs> it <laughs> opens with, if I thought I could wake up, I would, but I don't or take a pe peek beneath the skin. I could, but what good would it do? There's too much under there. I'm just like, Ugh. I know that feel bro. Um, where it's like, 
I know that like the good thing to do would be to like look within myself and deal with it, but like there's too much garbage in there. So I'd rather just like stay in bed because I can't get out. Like it's just he names the 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 project of therapy and of doing the work so well here where it's like yeah but by not looking within you're just going to keep growing that chasm and you know looking looking within is is ultimately going to be what you need to sort of connect with yourself um but yeah as you said i mean he's the chorus is i'm trying to make the most of it not looking for a perfect fit i can go along to get along but let me know when i can quit making the most of it like you said he's looking for acceptance he's looking to finally feel like he's home or can be happy or be his full self and that's very much a a theme of these couple records so far of like yeah. looking for home as a kid and connecting that to today. Um, Welcome to depression, the podcast with Andrew and John. <laughs> yeah. We're really, <laughs> really leaning into that element uh, with these, with this little series. Uh, maybe, yeah. <laughs> maybe these Martin brothers will spice things up a little for us. <laughs> sure. um, but uh, yeah, not as many references to old songs on this album as there were with no, Phoenix, but no. on verse two, of all things, he references almost there from the whole EP. The first time I heard that, I thought it was so funny. He says, ever almost there on the tip of my tongue. And I was like, oh, Dave. Um, but he's using it there to describe like finally being happy or feeling at home in that way. Like it's almost there. It's on the tip of my tongue. Like that's that's tough. Um, musically, I don't know. It's, it's another one that like starts off in a way that maybe doesn't do a ton for me. But then this really interesting drum rhythm comes in. It's like on on the yeah. chorus, and then it like really clicks into place for me. And by the in, by the outro, which I would like to hear some of, sure, it's built up into this place for me with these harmonies, and then different vocal parts that just like work so well for me, and it really clicks into place. Yeah. his vocals on this record yeah are so good he has gotten so good his vibrato his Mm -hmm. when he goes into the uh, falsetto too falsettos so strong Yeah. Yeah. yeah his i'm just really impressed with his strength as a singer over these years same yeah I said I thought Phoenix was like his best vocal performance to date, but I think this might even top that. So yep. really, yeah, he sounds great. Yep. Old wisdom.
this is my number three. All right. Um, Woof is right. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and read all the lyrics because <laughs> sure. I just really want to get into this one. I mean, what we heard so far was when you were little, you were scared to death that the rapture already happened. Only you were left. Despite your constant vigilance, you had angered the Lord, which somehow made you love him even more. And then the chorus on the same old wisdom with the same results, kids in turmoil, thinking it's their fault with their souls wide open to authority till they've traded everything for a peace with no peace. Um, and then verse two, quick, you're not allowed to see it, but you always had a choice between making a disciple and knowing your little boy. I thought it was sinful for me to know myself. And if I did, I might wind up in hell. Um, another one where I thought about you <laughs> listening to it, just cause I know that you've expressed and so many people have expressed that yep. concern growing up of feeling like, uh, is the rapture going to happen? Did the rapture already happen? And I'm left like, uh, you know, I'm trying my best to be good, but like, I I'm worried yeah. that I'm still not. And like, even though I'm trying so hard, I've still made God angry. And that makes me love God even more. <laughs> like, it's just such a super such toxic a, way of yes, thinking yes. about God. Yes, absolutely. And yeah, I mean, he, he's you know the thing about kids in turmoil thinking it's their faults again he sort of talks about like using that language of religion to describe almost the opposite he's like they traded everything for a peace with no peace like it's such a powerful idea he's talking about giving yourselves over to authority these people who maybe should not be in authority in your life and the trade that you think, again, it's this kind of devil's bargain. Like you think you're gaining this supposed peace, but it's a peace with no peace for him. Cause he's constantly worried about hell and upsetting God and not thinking that God loves him. It just, uh, it's, it's brutal. Um, and I'm just curious what you thought about, you know, when he says you're not allowed to see it, but you always had a choice between making a disciple and knowing your little boy, is he talking to himself? Like, did he have a choice and he chose like being a disciple instead of actually knowing himself? Or is he talking to God? Like God, his understanding is that like God wanted him to be a disciple rather than just knowing this little boy. I don't know. What do you think about that? The, the you in this is mm -hmm. sort of muddy. Yeah. Uh, you're not allowed to see it, but you always had a choice. Right. I mean, it's, possible that he's talking about his dad i mean if we want to like be literal with like between making a disciple and knowing yeah, your little yeah. boy i guess i didn't think um, about like his actual parents yeah whether he's talking about god knowing him or himself knowing himself or yeah. his dad knowing him yeah it's all, all sad <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean yeah i think it's like he he's articulating something here that I haven't heard talks about a lot necessarily where it's like this, this idea of instead of raising children and like understanding them raising and disciples. Yeah, disciples building up disciples rather than understanding your little kid yeah. and getting to know what they really like and what's best for them rather than being like, what's good is to raise a, a disciple. Like that's just such a uh, wrong, <laughs> wrong way to approach parenting a human. Um, yeah. And it's something that's pretty outside of my 
scope of, of religious experience, but I know that that exists. And I know that there are people who like withhold sort of emotional connection in the name of making disciples first and foremost. And that's like a terrifying sort of cultish idea. Um, especially since I don't think discipleship of Christ is, is actually anything like denying yourself really. I mean, I know that there's obviously we talked about last week, even Christ saying, you know, deny yourself and follow me. But like, I don't think that how that plays out is actually turning off your feelings to be a foot soldier for the Lord. Uh, Mm -hmm. I think it's more about not listening to the sort of, um, selfish impulses we can have instead of thinking about the greater good and whatever but like still the point of like losing the forest for the trees in in religious communities about what it means to bring kids up in the lord and like how that can really screw kids up instead of make them good disciples yeah um yeah but the reason that i love it so much musically at least is that that synthy sound right away just like yeah. propels the whole song along i saw you smiling when that started <laughs> i love it that synth hook and beat is just so cool to me i mean those bleeps and bloops are just so much up my alley i find the chorus so catchy and satisfying it's in my head a lot the same old with i just think it's great um yeah so on the same old wisdom with the same result what a line yeah yeah like it's that sort of classic insanity is doing the same thing right right expecting different results yeah and that's sort of like kind of what he's saying right you know you're what do you expect you're right raising kids in the same way and the kids are struggling over and over again with the, the the same kind of shit and right and yeah. I said this last episode, I just want to give Dave a really long hug and be like, <laughs> yeah, man, I know that feel, bro. I know the yeah. feel. Yeah. Yeah. It hits hard in the, in the way that a lot of these songs hit hard. Um, but I think I agree that my top two were, were very clear and I did waffle a bit on what my three is, but I ultimately yeah. decided on this one just because I really love that synthy sound primarily and the melody I think is really cool. So yeah, good one. Stranger. Ooh. Ooh. Oh shit. Shuffled out 
Oh, it's uh, it's another just heartbreaker. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Con- connecting these early feelings of sadness and rejection to how he feels today. Sitting at the snack bar, <laughs> eating his shame, eating his shame. Oh man, I know that feel, bro. The loneliness conditioned you to think that it's virtuous to suffer quietly. Yep. Never dreamed it'd be it'd be forever or hurt this way. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. I feel like that's such an encapsulation of this whole record of like you were conditioned to think that loneliness was virtuous, right? But you didn't imagine that thirty years later you'd still feel that. Right. Um, that stings, and um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I he's got like you know, the chorus, now you're the stranger displaced unknown, trying to locate yourself in someone else's home um, is sort of terrain we've been over with this record in the last one. But the outro here, he says, I want to go home now. Oh my God. I <laughs> know, it's like... dude. That, that feeling of like, you're you're like, I'm going to call my mom to come pick me <laughs> up from someplace or whatever. Totally. Or you're just like, you just feel so unhappy or sad or right, whatever at a right. place you're like i just don't want to be here yep <laughs> makes me it, sorry it makes me think of i think i think you should leave the it's like i don't want to be around anymore, anymore. yeah that's, <laughs> that guy is kind of uh yeah. on pedro vibes yeah um, carl havoc <laughs> i don't want to be around anymore oh man uh, i understand i understand um, you're saying wearing that mask makes you not want to be alive anymore yes yes um yeah i just it's another one that like he's saying i want to go home as a kid but it's said with that ache of the like i want to not be lonely where i think he's still saying i want to go home you know what i mean like he wants to find that home where he doesn't feel displaced or unknown um yeah so I just, yeah, I'm very moved by it. I really like the sort of chilled out uh, musicality of this one. That really pretty central guitar riff, I think, is really cool. But those bass chords that come in over it, oh, they're so nice yeah. and warm. Oof, mm. nice synthy beat under it. Mm. This falsetto sounds great, as we were saying. There's like a cool little spacey synth freak out that's going on a little bit after the chorus. I just really like the sort of sonic landscape of this one. Uh, even though it is devastating. <laughs> yeah. John, did you grow up ever going to a skating rink? Was that a, is, was that a thing in the Twin Cities? See, the ice skating rinks were a thing. Okay. And I did do that. But the idea of an indoor-outdoor roller rink, I have no frame of reference for what that is. I did you? <laughs> I had. I, I grew up in Kansas with a, a roller rink. I think okay. it was the... Was it the Starlight Roller Rink in 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 Salina? I think that, was that it. Um, yeah, but we definitely had many a birthday party there from a, various kids in in at my school mm-hmm. uh, growing up, going to the the skating rink, and it was actually the at that skating rink where I saw rollerblades for the first time. And I'm Ooh. like, I'm like, what is <laughs> this? like, stop the presses. <laughs> it's like, what, what is f- that? What the fucking shit? No, 
you know how you know how you talk when you're eight. Um, yeah, normal. <laughs> no, I was like, oh, that's that is that is hardcore. But yeah, I definitely had those like a oh, couple skate moments where you're just like, oh god, do am I like do I just like I can't do I like skate by myself and hope somebody comes? Ugh, to, like, that's brutal, man. Or do I want to like just get like be a loser and like leave the rink and like? Yeah. No, I never experienced the, the couple skate horror of couple skates. Oh apparently. god, dude, just uh, no. Sounds bad. I don't know how popular. I mean, obviously this was in you know the yeah. the the Southwest, so right. I don't know. I, I think it's probably everywhere. It might just be that for my region any sort of skating i went to plenty of ice skating birthday parties um, sure sure but there wasn't really the pressure to like couple skate at those so much or maybe I, there wasn't i just was eating my shame and not noticing <laughs> um but i remember feeling that way at like dances um and it's the same sort of vibe Ugh, that crushing sort of like leaving a dance or some sort of function in middle school and like being in the parking lot and just being like oh god <laughs> like it just i remember that so distinctly because you're like expectations are high and it always doesn't go the way that you wanted to yeah hurt feelings and miscommunications and you feel like oh man i didn't do it right again um i was watching sorry uh, i just i needed to just quickly look up um does it exist the so the starlight uh, skate center in south salina kansas was so i was right it was okay it was starlight oh my god oh <laughs> looking at this picture is so memories are screaming uh, back no <laughs> <laughs> this is where andrew felt sad oh my god I, yeah just this one moment it's tough go ahead what were you gonna say oh i was just gonna say i was watching a, a graveyard club uh, video recently where they are at a roller rink and i was like that would be really fun to do um, so maybe we can reclaim roller rinks and we can go uh, do some couple skating <laughs> together. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> uh, yes. Magpod Nash. We will. Yeah. That sounds fun. Let's, let's all meet up at some abandoned roller rink. <laughs> <laughs> this real, I looked be up nice specifically. And <laughs> yes. This roller rink from the graveyard club video and it's in like Coon Rapids or somewhere. We'll have to go find it. <laughs> I mean, do we have to go to Coon Rapids though? <laughs> yeah, I think we do. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll, I'll make that sacrifice then. Sounds good. All right. Uh, the penultimate good feeling. So much awesome reverb and tone on yeah, this record. Yeah, totally. Oh, I like that.
Some might say this podcast has at least one good feeling. Am I right, guys? Great feeling. Ooh. In my opinion. Ooh, hell yeah. Um, <laughs> we still got to start our feeling this podcast with your family <laughs> going through Blink Elms. Uh, going through track by track with my dad. <laughs> I love that idea. Um, <clears throat> Shit, piss, fuck, cunt, <laughs> cocksucker, mother. Dad, what do you think about what, what do you think? Like, they like? <laughs> well, when Thomas Aquinas first uh, encountered the string of expletives, yes. Um, <laughs> what do you think about all the uh, the references to fucking someone's dad? What does that What does that bring up in your? Oh boy, um, not a good feeling. Um, so. They're leaving Havasu. Um, you know, they're in the car. The chorus is, we're trying to find a good feeling. Will we always be trying to get a good feeling to stay? Particularly poignant. I think it's in line with sort of the earlier lyric about like, am I always going to be a teenager? Like, is this always going to be how it is? Like, we're just trying to get this good feeling to stay and it's hard to make it stay. Um, I don't know. I, this one, I think I need to spend some more time with it. I, the, the vibe it captures, you know, the, the tone well, which I like, it's definitely emotional and important to the album, but like, it just feels a little aimless to me. I don't know. It's just kind of the guitar for a lot of it, which might be part of it, but um, I don't know. I, yeah. What do you think? I mean, there's always going to be the song, on a record that is like maybe not your favorite and i right. think this is probably that song for me yeah this is probably my least favorite i still like it there's sort of the, a little bit of a hopeful piece to the outro yes um someday i'll come back for you i hoped without a plan i almost didn't make it but here i finally am yeah i almost didn't make it could be read mm. as maybe an older Bazan talking about whether it's suicide or yeah, maybe this journey of self-healing that he's on. It could mm -hmm. be any number of things. Seems a little bit more hopeful than we've had on this record <laughs> so far. Yeah. It's not unlike Phoenix with the last couple of songs sort of being about moving and feeling like, Hey, maybe things will be different in this next phase sort of. Um, although by the time we get to the beginning of Havasu, he's like, I do not want to move. Um, but yeah, I, I think it, I think that part that you just read is where it really comes together for me. It sort of picks up musically and it builds into this intro that gets, or I mean, outro that gets louder and it culminates in that. And I think, yeah, is that him, talking to his younger self i'll come back for you i don't know is he talking to havasu is he talking to just like where he was at at the time like i, I don't know but i agree that the 
I almost didn't make it, but here I finally am, could apply to like the literal home he moves to or the home he has now talking about this idea of home as a metaphor, but it also just didn't make it as a person that continues to exist. Um, but here I finally am and finally giving myself yeah, the, the love and the attention that I need to like thrive and not just like almost make it. So I don't know. It, it certainly is like powerful in its way. Yes. Agreed. Wrapping One it up. More. Yeah. Wrapping up the last song of the newest yeah. Bazan music that, that exists. Wow. Not ready. Lost myself. I lost myself in Havasu Where the sunset Over stucco houses and canyons With a flexible attitude I fell in love Though we would not Very vibey, very, very spacey. Vibey. Yes, I wrote very chilled out vibe. Um, but I like that repeated plucking riff a lot. It's like yep. very simple, almost entirely just vocals and guitar. There's some effects that come in there, as you heard, which are really cool. Um, yeah. But this, I don't know, It's this one is like a short ending. It's only like two and a half minutes, unlike Phoenix, which had a long song, but... I don't know. I, this is, this was one that definitely grew on me. It's like, I never disliked it, but when I found myself coming to the song at the end, I'm like, Ooh, I really like this one. It like, I really settle into it and think it has yeah a special sort of sound um, to it. Um, also references and, the next album. Does preparing to move to Santa Cruz, Santa Cruz. Uh, we'll cover that in uh 2024 <laughs> um see you then but uh yeah I, I take this as sort of you know lost myself you know pinpointing this is the time he he lost himself he lost like he he began denying who he was and lost who he like truly was and the idea of sort of pinpointing Havasu that year was the time when I started truly denying myself is really <laughs> It's sad again and like i'm imagining him sort of doing this exercise of coming back to a place like havasu and sort of being like what was what happened for me in that year and just sort of being able to decide well that was probably the time when i lost who i maybe thought i was to like a person who had to deny themselves and just like that must have been a very i don't know 
specific and cathartic and sad experience to be like, oh yeah, this is where it sort of happened. Um, but he ends it with keep a flexible attitude, but don't fall away. Prepare yourself to stay in motion, bracing for the next challenge, maybe the next place. Like if you have to prepare to stay in motion, it sort of means mm -hmm. don't settle. <clears throat> don't settle down because you'll have to keep continuing to like change or adapt next i don't know i it is like again so sort of a hopeful attitude or, or like feeling where he's like hey now keep being flexible but don't fall away but it's also sad <laughs> yeah and he seems to sort of personify have a sue in the song um right. he said you know i fell in love though we would not get to be companions so right. maybe when he starts off with like desperately not wanting to move right, to Abisu, right. but then by the end of it, he's with his flexible attitude, he fell in love. Right. So maybe that's what he's trying to say. Yeah, like, yeah. Right. I didn't want to live here, but I loved it. And now I'm leaving it. And maybe I'll learn to love. Right. Santa yeah. Cruz. Yeah. I think it is hopeful in that way. Um, while still acknowledging like, the pain that <laughs> runs throughout this whole album. Yeah. Um, and there's great. some cool vocalizations. You don't really hear yeah. Dave do a lot of vocalizing. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I thought that was, that sort of was happening there after <clears throat> the, the first verse. Yeah. I like it too. Really cool. There was like a stretch when he was playing solo a lot, but a lot of his records at that point were very synth based and he would just kind of like, woo, like sing all the synth lines. So yeah, cool to hear him do some, some different vocalizing here. Um, great album. Great. Album. Uh, I, yeah, I, I, right now Phoenix and Havasu are sort of blurring together for me. Um, so like I said, I'll be curious to see sort of how the dust settles and curious what folks think uh, them in comparison to each other and this set of Pedro records in comparison to others. And like I've said repeatedly now, I really, really, really am into these albums now in a way that when we started the season, I was like, well, those ones are going to be lower because it's like new Pedro, but I'm like, mm, I, I really like these. So I don't know. I had a lot of fun going through them. Uh, and we should say mm. we've heard, we've heard the cries of your heart and <laughs> of my heart. And we're going to cover cursor branches on the next main feed episode. Uh, even though it's outside of the Pedro discography, we felt it was a really important album to include i'm boy i don't even know how that one's gonna be four hours there's a lot to get through <laughs> with that one yeah we might um, not even have a beginning segment for that episode we might maybe be. not um <laughs> boy what in. a great what a great record that is so look forward to that after that we will wrap up our pedro bazan stretch with a special guest so stay tuned for that and for next steps but in the meantime let us know what you think about havasu very curious to hear folks thoughts you can do that at Magnified Pod on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. 
follow and subscribe to the pod if you haven't already and give us a rating or review. We will read your review on the pod. Email us at magnifiedpod at gmail.com. You can leave us a voicemail at 872-762-4763, 8727-MAGPOD. You can support us at the Patreon, patreon.com slash magnifiedpod to get bonus episodes, episodes early, Discord, all that stuff. And we talked about doing cursory branches on the Patreon. Now we're going to have to come up with something else. We were sort of thinking headphones would be the obvious other album to do. But if you have different thoughts about what you would want us to hear over there, let us know. You can pick up some new season four merch at magnifiedpod.storeenvy.com. Thanks to Small Step Records for sponsoring us. Go to smallsteprecords.com to learn more. And thanks to Shadow Producer Jason and Bruno at Unoriginal Vinyl for our artwork. Well, I think I hear the voice of the spirit begging us to shut the fuck up. We'll be back to try to make you go astray next week when we'll discuss Dave Bazan's Curse Your Branches. I played the clarinet since fourth grade. So good. It's a long time to wait for love. Cause ever since Beverly Hills Cop. I love that he says Beverly Hills Cop in the song. Is on. <laughs> I long for the saxophone. Be cool if right here it was like. <laughs> My dad's concern was that the embouchure. Hell that, yeah, embouchure. Yeah, he. I love that. Like the Beverly Hills Cop theme. <laughs> Like I gotta get a sax, <laughs> and the heat is on. I oh man! I mean, yeah. I I mean, I don't know if that's what he was what, what he was referencing. If that's uh there's a sax somewhere in that Axel F song, isn't there? I, don't know. I, I I assume I assume so. I don't know if like the that's what because like when I think of that song, the I think of. But I feel like that's a, a synth line, isn't it? It's definitely a synth line. <laughs> there's a there's a sax somewhere in Beverly Hills Cup, whether it's an XLF or elsewhere. But yeah, I don't know. Saxes were very, you know, on trend at that moment. It makes sense he'd want to rip on one. That is that is true. What's uh what was the name of the dude with uh with like the like the shirtless ripped yeah. guy in, like... the, in the last boys? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, what is that guy's name? Last boys. He's still sax he, player. He's still around and doing shirtless sax. <laughs> sure is. Sax vibing. He looks pretty good. Tim yeah, he Capello, does. That's right. That's name. right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yes. Still uh, got the long ponytail. Still, still killing the game. Get him on the pod. For more shows like this one, visit rockcandyrecordings.com.